Honorable Giving by Generation. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined once again by Rick Dunham. Rick leads Dunham and Company, a fundraising consulting firm working around the world, and he's also heavily involved with the Giving Institute, which publishes Giving USA and other research throughout the course of the year, including a recent study entitled Giving by Generation. And there's some remarkable findings in this study. Rick, thanks for coming back to the Fundraising Schools podcast to help us understand these findings. Very happy to be here. Thanks. First of all, can you just describe the study? You know, what is the background, how the study was done? And it's my understanding this is a comparison to a similar study that was done about six or seven years ago. Right. So back in 2016, we fielded a study with the primary goal of understanding millennials and their giving behavior. But obviously, when we got into that, we were comparing generations. And so we kind of backed into the fact that, well, not only are we looking at just millennials, but we're seeing comparative data to the various generations. So last year in 2022, we decided to update the study to see what kind of shifts have been, especially post-pandemic, what kind of shifts have been uh, taking place in giving by generation. So that's really the backdrop to it. I know you've devoted a lot of your work at your company for many years on helping nonprofits understand donors from the millennial generation. What did this survey find? Well, uh, some surprising things. One was their giving since 2016 had jumped 40% uh, compared to what they were giving in 2016. They actually were giving, they basically were giving more than uh, Gen X per household on a per annum basis. And, uh, uh, And their volunteer hours had stayed pretty much stable post pandemic compared to Gen X and uh, boomers, which had dropped pretty substantially. So uh, very exciting to see. It feels to me from the data that the millennial generation is really beginning to engage more in charitable giving and charitable behavior. Rick, can you help us understand that data point when you say that charitable giving is up 40 percent? Does that mean 40 percent more millennials? Does it mean more dollars? What what does that mean? It was uh, the giving per household for millennials had jumped 40% from 2016 to 2022. And as you mentioned, that average per household per year now surpasses Generation X, which is the next oldest generation from millennials. What was your reaction when when you saw that data point? (laughs) I was pretty surprised, to be honest, because when you think about it, Millennials are late 20s to about 40, 41 years old, and they're in that time of that life cycle where expenses tend to be pretty high. They're establishing a family, et cetera. And to to see their giving jump that dramatically and to be above Gen X, it was actually it was really encouraging because they're obviously such a large generation numerically. One of our faculty members, Dr. Patricia Snell Herzog, she has joined us on the podcast previously and mentioned that millennials seem to be hashtag adulting, to use the younger generation phrase, a bit later than Generation X and boomers. And and Rick, there's some other data points out there in American society. First of all, millennials are getting married or at least partnering. More of them are bringing children into their households. And in 2021, that big year with all the houses being sold, 60% of those mortgages for home sales were to the millennial generation. In fact, since 2018, the number of millennials who purchased a home has increased by 65%. And why are those data important? Because marriage, parenting, and home ownership 
are correlated with charitable giving. If I yeah. synthesize these data, perhaps this finding isn't quite the surprise that I and you had when we first saw the numbers. Yeah, that along with them, we were also looking at religious behavior. And when you look at Gen X and boomers from 2016 to 2022, they actually had dec decreased slightly in their attendance at uh, religious services on uh, at least a, a few times a month. Whereas if you look at millennials, they've actually increased from about 48% up to 69%. So they've jumped pretty dramatically in terms of their engagement in, in religious behavior, which we also know is a correlation to charitable giving. Yeah, one of the strongest, our, our Lake Institute on Faith and Giving finds that when we look at you know about 85% of charitable dollars coming from individuals, more than half of that has a religious motivation. But Rick, as you know so well, and, and a big part of your practice is uh, working with congregations and faith-based organizations, including nonprofits across many different subsectors, there was an interesting finding with millennials and their faith-based giving. Help us learn from that. Yeah, so uh, when you look at their um, priority in giving, it is to places of worship. And all generations were, were uh, had that as the top uh, use of their giving, if you would. But um, what was really interesting is number two, we're faith-based organizations. So not only were, are they supporting primarily places of worship, but they're also supporting faith-based organizations as number two. And that was true also for Gen X yes. and for boomers. Again, what are these data telling you in terms of not just places of worship, but the faith-based ministries? And you know, people see that Giving USA number for religion shrinking, and we always emphasize that's places of worship and denominations, that the faith-based school is an education, the faith-based homeless shelters and human services. This is a really an important finding that a lot of donors are shifting their faith-based giving to these so-called parachurch, parareligious organizations. Yeah, and so you're, you're making a really good point, Bill, because they're, they actually are decreased their giving to places of worship, even though it's still number one, but they increased it to those faith-based organizations. And I do believe that that, like you say, there are educational institutions that are faith-based, there are social services, human services, international missions, all of which would be faith-based that would not show up typically in the Giving USA, uh, Giving to Religion section. Again, the uh, research studies called Giving by Generation, published by the Giving Institute, led by Rick Dunham and his wonderful consulting firm that's working nationally and around the world to strengthen fundraising and philanthropy. Rick, you touched on this earlier. I'd like to ask you to expand uh, some concerning data, and, and this is consistent with what we've seen from other data sources with volunteering. What did the study show? Yeah, a pretty dramatic, pretty dramatic drop-off in volunteering by both Gen X and especially boomers. Uh, they dropped uh, nearly 50% in terms of the number of hours that they volunteered from 40 down to 20, to, I think it was 21. And um, I don't know, I just feels like the pandemic definitely had an impact on that kind of behavior. And I think you also see it in the data in terms of actually showing up in person at religious services uh, for the boomer generation, they've decreased pretty dramatically. So there's something, and I, I don't know all the reasons why, but obviously something has transpired there to really cause the older generations to pull back on volunteering. And the generations with the highest percentages of volunteering, millennials mm -hmm. and Gen Z. So it looks yeah. like this study is doing a little bit of myth busting for those of us in our field who feel that the 
millennials and Gen Z are not engaged. Yeah, they they definitely are. And uh, there's some interesting data, too, just in terms of uh, giving behaviors that are also pretty fascinating as we see uh, the maturing of the millennials and how they engage with charitable giving. And I thought it was pretty interesting. They're the top generation that still wants direct mail. And that they're right. the most likely generation to respond to that. Yeah, I saw that as well. And yeah, just kind of had to smile when we all think of them on their smartphones, which they are giving online, which they are, but they also uh, were predominant in terms of direct mail. Speaking of digital, kind of another aha moment here. Uh, as everybody, all the, the generation studied, there were four X, millennial, um, the, the Generation Z and the boomers are all in this study. They all are at least at 61% participation online. And the most gifts per year online is from what generation, Rick? The boomers. From Gen Z, which was really pretty surprising. Yeah, well, I saw the data that the boomers are giving eight gifts per year online yeah, and that's jumped from four yeah uh, back in 2016 and again gen gen x has basically doubled up to 6.3 and millennials is up to uh just under eight per year so the behavior around online giving has certainly uh increased yeah no doubt i mean we're all shopping online we're having so many things delivered to our homes online and the pandemic definitely accelerated that across generations with online giving Rick, as you look at these data, as you look at this report, and again, uh, you're such a valuable resource, not just to the folks who come to Dunham and Associates, but to the entire field. How are you encouraging nonprofits to use these data, especially, let's just stay first, with these younger generations, with Z and with millennials, that, uh, you know, are we, are our practices aligned with these data? Do we need to alter our fundraising practices? What are you advising? Uh, well, first of all, back on the online giving, one of the, the findings I think that's really important is the way the growth of uh, donors using a smartphone to give, which immediately says if you're not mobile optimized with your giving form and with your website, uh, you're obviously you're going to keep yourself uh, from getting donations that you should. And the other, the fact that you that uh, both Gen Z and, and millennials like direct mail. In fact, they they uh, overwhelmingly invite a monthly direct mail piece from the charities they support. Multi-channel communication becomes really super critical. In fact, I was just looking at some model data uh, earlier this week, and donors who engage through multiple channels have double the retention rate of those that don't. So this multi-channel communication being really good online and with uh, making sure that you're mobile optimized is all super critical. And so mobile optimization, meaning on any device, I can easily uh, access the nonprofit friction-free, as they're saying in the digital world, making it as easy as possible from the digital message to be able to make the, the digital donation, and yet multi-channel. And, and Rick, we hear that all the time in the fundraising school. Well, direct mail must not work anymore because nobody uses the mail. Well, actually, your letter stands out more if there are fewer things in that mailbox, uh, and even for the millennial generation. What about overall with, with Gen Z and with the millennial generation? Other words of advice as, as we reach out to these, these younger cohorts of donors? Yeah, just don't... Uh, don't, uh, you said it earlier, don't believe the myth that somehow they're disengaged in charitable giving. Gen Z is very young. They're in that life cycle where they're just beginning to get into charitable giving. 
but I am especially encouraged that we have, as you know, the kind of the sweet spot of donor acquisition for a charity would be in that mid 40 to mid 50 range. And you've got millennials maturing into that and showing a lot of behaviors that they're definitely engaging in charitable giving. So uh, know that I think that uh, this portends for the charitable sector, um, the potential for very healthy growth in the coming years, if you'll engage them properly. Wonderful advice and wisdom, as always, from Rick Dunham, Dunham and Associates, and also Rick heavily engaged with the Giving Institute. We're so fortunate uh, that he shares his expertise with our entire field, including through the Fundraising Schools podcast. Of course, the Fundraising School is located within the Indiana University Lilly Family School Philanthropy, which does the data research and writing of Giving USA every year, coming out each summer, and then supporting the promotion of other Giving Institute publications throughout the year. And these findings are a cornerstone of our teaching. Wherever possible, the Fundraising School's curriculum is research-based evidence-based. We're not just telling our own personal stories of fundraising success, but giving you the confidence by having the evidence, having the research that you can tailor effective fundraising practices for your nonprofit organization. This comes through 22 public courses taught in eight U.S. cities, leading to four certificates. We're also online in person or uh, virtually online. We can bring this to you in the United States and around the world. Now, we have those public courses, we can take pieces of those and tailor make instruction just for your association, just your region, just your nonprofit organization. We have quarterly webinars, these free podcasts, also our school's textbook, Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition, all available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. Our producers today are Mike Anthony and Jennifer Boffman. I'm Bill Stajakavich. And now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.